We are talking about the Mississippi Rebels today on the podcast. This is new. Um, they find themselves ranked in the top 10, which I'm sure feels nice and comfortable for them. They are, if you are to believe social media, talking about a potential trip to the college football playoff. If and when they get this win on Saturday okay. and they are coming into Athens for a checks, my notes, a night game in Sanford stadium in front of 93,000 people. What could possibly go wrong for the Mississippi rebels? Well, let's talk about it today on the locked on Bulldogs podcast. You are locked on Bulldogs, your daily podcast on the Georgia Bulldogs, part of the locked on podcast network. Your team every day. Today's episode is brought to you by Game Time. Game Time, download the app today. Get $20 off using promo code locked on. More on them in a moment. Daniel hinted, did not really hint, but just came out and said, Old Miss is coming in riding high on the hog. Hey, just they think feeling good. They believe. They know they feel it in their bones and they feel it intrinsically in the rest of the world that the karmic deities that be will grant them success on the field as mm. they pave their way with unicorns and rainbow and Lane wow. Kiffin's dog tweeting all the way to college football playoff kingdom. Daniel, this is their belief. This that is was a word. lot of words, very <laughs> waxing, few of which I understood, but I'm poetically, gonna, I'm going to roll with it. Just you just bathe in it, Daniel. Just, just bathe let in it. it just let it wash over you. That's what uh, I'm saying. Listen, it's a it's another tough test. Yeah. For Georgia. Um, it's going to be interesting as we go through this week. I don't know that I have an answer to this question yet. Maybe you do. Do you? Is this going to be is this a tougher test than last week against Missouri, or is it not quite as tough of a test? I don't think I have an answer for that yet. I think I'm gonna need some more time to digest and process this old miss team. But as you I mean, there's no real point in comparing the two. But do no. you have a thought on that as we move as we move into the room? I, I do. I, I think this is a easier test. Than Missouri. I believe Missouri to be the better team all around. I hmm. I sincerely do. <clears throat> I think that if you look at what Missouri has done to date with all the teams they have played and how they have played them and, and how they perform, the ways that they have won has been mm -hmm. quite impressive to me. I, again, mm -hmm. we did not think of them lightly. We thought we've said second best offense, which by the way was proven because LSU couldn't do anything. against Alabama in the second half of that game and they couldn't stop Alabama at all, but I digress. The defense is far better in my mind than Ole Miss. Mm. I really, I, I sincerely think that was the case. I don't think Ole Miss matches up well against us. I think Ole Miss matches up against well against other teams but not against us. Yeah. So if you're asking me, is Old Miss a, a better team? Well, I, I think Missouri is, but I think specifically when it comes to Georgia, Missouri matched up against us very well, where I don't think Old Miss has the dudes that Missouri does or That's interesting. the complimentary play style 
that Missouri does. I yeah. think you take away the one trick pony of Old Miss, you're gold. That's I, I think it's Tennessee two years ago. We're going to talk about um, in the next in the next two segments, you know, kind of what we see for the this Old Miss team offensively and defensively. I want to get into um, kind of what what they like to do, what they don't like to do. Um, start with the head coach, though. It's interesting because when you're when you're a fan of an SEC school, you get used to this, right? Mm-hmm. You get every fan base. If you're on the internet, if you're on Twitter, especially, every fan base is filled with trolls, right? Like this, it Georgia's no different. Every fan base has got you know the the one or two or three Twitter accounts that that that's their job. They just literally exist to poke and jab at that's other it. teams, um, kick you while you're down make fun of you a little bit, kind of play it off as like innocent banter. But that's really, that's literally their only purpose. It's what makes social media truly one of the worst places in the entire world. Every fan base has trolls. It's just that most of the time, Uh those trolls are not also the head coach of the football team. It's really weird how this happens, how the Venn diagram is actually just one big circle called Lane Kiffin. It's just Lane Kiffin, who has honestly just built an entire brand. If you want to talk about coaches who have successfully built a brand, yeah, let's. I think the four most successful coaching brands in college football right now okay. are, one, Kirby Smart. And his brand is winning national championships. Two, Lincoln Riley. And his brand is never playing defense at all for any reason ever. Number three is Nick Saban. And his brand is bursting a blood vessel in his eye. That is his actual brand. Whether he's actually burst a blood vessel in his eye or not is kind of irrelevant. That's just the way that he runs his program. And number four is Lane Kiffin. And his brand is he has somehow found a way to pair pretty successful and I think very talented college football coach with internet troll. Yeah. And I, it's, it's unprecedented in the coaching world. Like you don't see anybody interacting on social media. Shane Beamer will get in there and mix it up on social media, but notice I said successful college football coach. And so that just ruled out Shane Beamer (laughs) altogether. Um, Lane Kiffin is a guy in this matchup Mm -hmm. who scares me when I'm listing assets for Ole Miss. And we're going to get to, I like a lot of the pieces on this Ole Miss team. When I'm listing assets, though, on this Ole Miss team, Lane Kiffin is at the top of my list, Clint. Do you agree or disagree? Yeah, Daniel, I I have to. I have to agree. I can't fight that. Now, his record against good teams is bad. It's not great. It's not good. Um, But I don't necessarily know you can put all the blame of that on him he just no hasn't had good enough teams to beat really good teams um i think i think lane kiffin's an asset 
And he is a guy that, much like Eli Drinkwitz, is going to find a way to scheme against Georgia in a way that I anticipate is going to bring me a lot of anxiety on Saturday. Like I expect him to have a very successful game plan against this Georgia team. Now I'm going to trust Kirby smart and Glenn Schumann Mm -hmm. ability to, and Mike Bobo's ability to adjust at halftime. Like we saw in the Missouri game, make changes and get things done. But I expect Lane Kiffin to have a successful game plan, and I expect him to make things difficult on Georgia on Saturday. I think when you talk about this Ole Miss team, Lane Kiffin's ability to be creative and use the pieces that he has to the best of his ability, their ability, is a huge asset for them. Now, I I started this by saying Missouri is the better team, and I think the better – but. If you were to give me, I I felt so confident in the money line, the the win for Georgia. I would have I would have bet it ninety nine out of a hundred times. Okay, mm-hmm. I think the spectrum of outcomes against Old Miss is far wider. I never I never thought Missouri could have steamrolled us right thirty five fourteen whatever you know, forty two forty nine. You think that's an outcome here? I don't think, no, 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 hear, hear me out. Okay. Again, I'm not predicting that to be an outcome. What, I, what I'm what i saying is the spectrum is far more wild with Old Miss because Lane Kiffin is a wild card himself. And he mm. does, you give him enough recipe, you give him enough juice, he picks the right play call. I mean, you saw it at Alabama. He would he would know a touchdown was coming before the snap was, was made. Yeah. That can happen to the dogs on Saturday. If they're not careful. So do I think they're better than Missouri? If he has a wide receiver matched up on number six, then is he going to put his arms up in the air early? We're going to get to that. We're going to come back, talk about more of what Ole Miss does well. But first, this. We'll get there. Don't worry about it. I believe it. This is, in fact, game time. Daniel, you and I, we know game time very well. We love game game time. time. We love game time you know what we love about it it's easy it's convenient yeah, yeah. straight what to else do we love it's great and last minute tickets to your phone to get you into games that you want to see and that's exactly what daniel and i did we've used them before we'll use them again i mean all those ticket apps though clint they're pr- they're the same though right um let me tell you as somebody who didn't trust game time at first and i thought you know what let's do some research let's waste hours upon hours turns out we did the game we did the metrics we had the cart all checked out on 10 different websites waiting to see taxes and it's fees. not an yeah, exaggeration. Yeah, yeah. We're not as ex- same, same tickets, time. different sites. Yeah. What was the cheapest one out of all of them, Clint? game time was Daniel download That's the game time app today. Use promo code locked on college for $20 off your order. Use code locked on college, $20 off download game time app today. Last minute game tickets. They're fantastic. Go get it right now. March Madness is right around the corner. If you want to win your office pool, you need to stay caught up with all the college basketball action with the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Every Monday, Andy Patton and Isaac Shade recap the biggest stories in college basketball, keep you up to date on the NCAA tournament bubble, and get you ready for the upcoming week of games. From the Big East to the Mountain West and everywhere in between, Andy and Isaac have college hoops covered on the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. 
Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Okay, let's talk about more what this old Miss team does really well. And Daniel, I'm I'm just going to tell you, we've done this before. This is dog stats. It's a very easy indication. I'm not going to bore you with the details of how these stats are given. I'm going to say this. Georgia is took a hit on Saturday with advanced metrics because Missouri had over 40% success rate on offense, which is not great first time that Georgia's ever given that up this year. I mean, I... Based on my eye test, I would have said Schrader had a hundred percent success rate. Literally, every time he touched the ball, he gained like seven to nine yards. The 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 off tackle play was the stretch left was. I mean, I've never <laughs> seen anything like it in my life. They said Terrell Davis from the booth, and I thought, I want to fight you, but gosh, that's dead on to exactly what I'm picturing right now. It's Madden. It's Jerome Bennis stretch left. It's Terrell Davis stretch left. Um, so Georgia gave up success rate. At what rate. point did anyone think that Schrader was going to get compared, by the way, <laughs> to like, it's a, like that's it's a how we life. made that kid look. Oh, okay. okay. Really quick. Do, does Ole Miss have a oft talented running back who's been much maligned this year, but could bust out at any moment? Yeah, Quinchon Judkins still has two legs. He's still on my, based on my latest intel. He's still talented. So, Old Miss um, uh, has a success rate on offense that's pretty dang good. They give they get four, uh, six point eight yards per play on offense. Georgia, by the way, seven point one six yards per play on offense. Yeah, defense. Old Miss has given up about five yards. Georgia four and a half yards. Net is a little bit different. Net's a little uh, worse this week for Georgia, like I said, because of the Mizzou game. Um, but this just in, here's where Ole Miss, here's the neighborhood. Here are the peers of Ole Miss as it pertains to yards given up, yards gained, and net yardage per play. I'm sorry, we're we looking at Ole Miss offensively, defensively, or as a whole team? Whole team. We're looking I at as a whole team. Carry on. Okay, thank you. This is the neighborhood they okay. swim in. Mm-hmm. UCLA. LSU, Florida State, Oregon State, Louisville. Any of those are good teams. These are good teams. Oregon State, good team. Solid. Louisville? Team. Louisville. Eight and one. LSU, really good on one side of the ball. They do, unfortunately, have a play both. They're mandated to field a defense. How did UCLA look this weekend, Clint? Oh, my gosh. I can't. You want to fire some people up, by the way. Just make some bad bets, and then be, and then then have the stones to post it on How your own social you? media. Dare you? Like you get some people fired up. Like, I just, I would just like to say to all those people fired up about it. Then you give me your picks for we're, five years, like we have. I'll listen to your podcast and I'll check them out. Oh, don't worry. Wait, about it. they don't subscribe. have one. I'll subscribe. Nope, they won't. So what I'm telling you is that Ole Miss is a good team. Daniel, they're a good team. Yeah, they're a good team. Okay. I, I Here's the thing about Ole Miss that... that I, there's two things about Ole Miss that intrigue me. Okay. And, and I want to start with one, and then in the third segment, I want to move to the other. Um, The first thing about Ole Miss that intrigues me is Jackson Dart. We're going to talk to um, Steven. Are we going to talk to Steven this week? Surely we will. 
We're gonna try to have sure. a. We're gonna try to talk to old Stephen from Locked On, Locked On Rebels or Locked On Old Miss or I don't know what the show is called. It's you, you'll find it. It's Locked On show for Old Miss. Go listen to Stephen. He's fantastic. Um, yes, he we're gonna talk to him. And I happen to know Stephen is a big Jackson Dart fan. Like loves big Jackson Dart fan. Um. Early in this football season, Clint, I'll just be totally honest with you. I thought Jackson Dart was really bad. I thought he was very poor at the quarterback position. But I think he has officially proven me wrong. And I think he is officially a weapon, not just with his legs, which he's always been a weapon with his legs, which, by the way, Georgia fans, if that doesn't immediately make you start to twitch, I'll say it again. should. I'll say again. <laughs> Ex- exceptionally good running quarterback. Jackson Dart is also a weapon with his arm. Um, He has turned into a really productive quarterback in Lane Kiffin's system. And I think, sadly enough, he, he again, while I agree that Ole Miss does not have the weapons on the outside that Missouri does, I'm going to argue that the quarterback play at Ole Miss is at least as good, and this is not a knock on Cook because Cook is a very good SEC quarterback. Yes, he is. I think the quarterback play at Ole Miss is at least as good, if not slightly better. And I think it's the kind of quarterback play that could potentially give Georgia some real trouble. On Saturday, I don't know that I love this matchup for Georgia defensively. Now, here's look, we talked about yesterday's podcast how JDJ going down is going to be a massive loss because he's the quarterback of the defensive side. But I'm just going to tell you this if I watched what Kirby Smart and Glenn Shue were doing near the second half and trying to do in the second quarter of the game against Missouri was spy cook. That's what they were trying to do. Mm-hmm. JDJ was not picking the right side of the block when the center or the guard came out to give him, he was choosing the wrong side. He wasn't quick enough to get over the top or cut underneath. It wasn't great, but I'm going to tell you this right now, Daniel, I I'm not saying he's going to replace JDJ or that is not a massive loss, but if you're telling me I get Jalen back there spying dart, you get get Raylan Wilson back there. I'm fine with that. I'm happy. That's a role. I like the true freshman being in because you just say, you see that guy, go get him. Tackle him when he tries to run. So I don't have to read any misdirections, set a line, nothing. Just watch I just have his to... hips, and wherever okay. he goes, you go. Well, that's what I've been doing since I was eight years old. And yeah, just in the schoolyard. Like okay, that's cool. the, that's that's something I feel comfortable with those young linebackers out there. Yes, yes. Now, unfortunately, we don't know when they're going to run the play. We don't. We you can't just do that. That's the problem with yeah. the footballing. So it is uh, tough. I, it's real tough. Jackson Dart. Is a is is a concern for this Georgia defense. It should be. Now, I, yeah, we'll talk about the other side of the ball, and we but we'll talk about. I got another concern for this old Miss, um, for this old Miss offense. We'll get oh, to geez. all of that right after this. New rule: you're only allowed one bucket worthy conversation. Sorry, it's it's late in the year. 
Yeah. It's a tough stretch. Like we're gonna have a lot of it. FanDuel Sportsbook is the place that Clint and I go to make all of our wagers on Saturdays. All of the wagers <laughs> that are just absolutely deplorable and will never cash. And I can't believe it was easy money just to bet the other side. Easy money. Easy money. FanDuel.com slash full of poor people. FanDuel.com slash locked on. Make every moment more. If you go to FanDuel Sportsbook right now. Um, uh, you can get all of the lines, all of the action, everything that you want. Uh, go to fanduel.com slash locked on fanduel sportsbook. Um, the NBA, college football, the NFL, whatever your sport of choosing is, fanduel has got it. Uh, it's the place that Clint and I trust. It's the official, uh, the official sportsbook of the locked on podcast network and locked on Bulldogs. FanDuel.com slash locked on to get hundreds of dollars in free bonus bets after you make your first wager. FanDuel, make every moment more. All right, Daniel, you have more bucket-worthy conversations for us because the quarterback who is mobile and can run as well as throw up to a whole lot of talented wide receivers in a spread high-powered offense wasn't bucket-worthy enough. Let's talk more, shall we? Let Let me just paint a picture of who... Mississippi is on offense. Okay. And and I think sadly that picture is going to overlap in in what are our two biggest concerns about the Georgia defense. Here okay? we go. So we've already talked That's... about well, we've already we've already hinted at one of them, but um Ole Miss is not a balanced offense. Just for some context, Georgia runs the ball about 49% of the time and they throw the ball about 51% of the time this year total plays throughout the season that's pretty darn balanced clint old miss on the other hand runs the ball about 58% of the time and they throw the ball about 42% of the time that puts them as one of the most towards the top half of the most run heavy offenses in all of college football. They run the ball a lot um, in this offense. They 50, 58% is a, is a pretty, pretty high number, especially for a team. That's not like, I mean, you're not like you're getting into like the air forces. Obviously those, those are going to be much higher percentages. 58% is a crazy high percentage. Ole Miss runs the ball. A lot. We talked about that. They run it with the running backs. They run it with the quarterback. We've talked about how that matches up against this Georgia defense. It doesn't. It doesn't make me feel great based on the linebacker play and the what we've seen from the defensive front. But then you combine that with the fact that, okay, well, Ole Miss is a running team. They're sure. not. They're not. They're not really a passing team because they run it fifty-eight percent of the time. They only throw it forty-two percent of the time. So they're not really a passing team. Ole Miss is. Seventh nationally. Okay. okay. In yards per passing attempt. Okay. So let me understand this correctly, Daniel. If I can yeah, take you, that. you extrapolate okay. for the let people. Me, let me distill this down. Okay. Yeah. So they're successful on offense running the ball a majority of the time. 58% they love to run the ball. And they're very good at it. Mm-hmm. But that's not because they're deficient in the pass game. It's actually when they pass, they pass at a 
lower percentage amount of time than other teams for a higher outcome and yield on those passes than everybody but six teams in the nation. When they pass, it counts is what oh. we're trying to say. 9.7 yards per attempt that's on the first down when they pass every time they let the ball go. So um, seventh nationally in passing yards per attempt, which means they like to they like to get now some of that's going to be run after catch. Yes, but it means that they're getting the ball down the field, Clint, on a consistent basis. Which brings the Georgia secondary, particularly the Georgia corners, back into focus. I think what we saw Missouri do on Saturday that we really haven't seen a Georgia opponent do, and this is credit to Eli Drinkovitz. Um, and I think, you know, you look at the next two coaches that Georgia's going to line up against, and they are Lane Kiffin and Josh Heupel. Like, these guys are going to do this. What we saw Missouri do is say, where's number six? I don't care which of our wide receivers is matched up against him. I don't care if it's not Luther Burden, if it's not our best option, if it's not the guy that we would love to be throwing the ball to. In the second half, Missouri played the where's number six. We're going to throw it at him. And yes, Dalen Everett did not have his best game. He did not... I thought there were a couple times that he was in some decent enough position, didn't make a play on the ball, wasn't able to to defend the back shoulder. But more than that, he was just straight up getting picked on. And Clint, that's not going to stop in this game. And when Ole Miss throws the ball, because they're successful running it, because they have such a good play action game, they get shots down the field and they're going to get matched up on this UGA secondary and it is potentially going to be a problem for Georgia in this game it's it is a concern if you're a Georgia fan on the defensive side of the ball because what Ole Miss likes to do I think corresponds to what Georgia struggles to defend well, I'm going to push back a little bit on this because, Daniel, we've been watching a bend-don't-break defense. We, we've seen this coming. The Missouri game was just the coming-out party for it. You and I, our eyeballs have seen metrics and stats and data, and other people are now saying Georgia gave up a success rate against Missouri. We have seen this coming for some time. We have been much maligned about this defense, about the inside linebackers not being able to tackle, about the corner play, one corner play in particular. Mm-hmm. The secondary, the safety position, the star position, as well as the not pressure on the quarterback. But Daniel, I know this is going to sound weird because, again, Missouri was our worst defensive performance to date. But it was kind of a, a, a turning the page experience as well. We saw Humphreys come in and perform very, very well. Sounded like Glenn and Kirby are tired of not getting production on the other side opposite Kamari Lasseter. We saw Malachi start still be him. That dude, when called upon, is a shutdown, lockdown, safety, incredible tackler behind. Nothing's going to get behind him like that unless you go blitz and, and do single-man coverage to Luther as he streaks to the touchdown. And we saw also a transition, a, a continuation of transition of the edge defenders, Daniel. We saw Marvin in there quite a bit. We saw Jalen in there quite a bit. Uh, we saw 
Damon in there quite a bit. Christian Miller. We're seeing new faces come in. So if this defense, it was a turning the, the chapter. And if you're telling me that the second half, not the first half, the second half of Missouri game, Go back and watch that second half because it was a different defense that played then. It was a different outcome, Daniel. And yes, the stretch run still does concern me completely with you. My gosh, got to figure that out. Got to figure out how to get pressure from the three, four, five gap, not just the one, two and outside shade of that. But if you're telling me I get Humphreys for a whole game, if you're telling me that that I hope I do, I I hope I do. You're telling me Lasseter comes down in the slot as well on, on certain plays and certain packages, and you're telling me that Jalen's in there more as well as Damon. There's there's a personnel rotation. We figured some things out. I'm feeling okay if that's the case. It was kind of a a, a little turkey baster, a little, boop, oh, we need some attention mm-hmm. over here, and we got the attention that we wanted, if I can be honest. All right. We shall see. We- listen. The nice thing about this game on Saturday, and and we'll just we'll just say this for tomorrow's show. The nice thing about this game on Saturday is that Ole Miss is not going to be the only team who gets to play offense. Nope, Clint. <clears throat> and see, and see when we get to play offense, Clint, we're going to be just fine. We're going to be just fine against sure. this Mississippi defense. All of that and more tomorrow on the Lockdown Bulldogs podcast. He is Glenn. I'm Daniel, and we will see you guys then. See ya.